Welcome to the Her Inspired Journey podcast, a show all for women about living your best life and fulfilling your passions from the backcountry to the table. No matter where you are, what hurdles you faced, or where you want to go next, we're right here on this journey with you. It's time to take charge, pave your way, and create success. Today's episode is sponsored by Nutrition Realigned, a holistic health approach that takes you to the top. If you're feeling overstressed, constantly fatigued, and not like your best self, it's time to reevaluate your nutrition and learn how to fuel yourself properly. Head over to Nutrition Realigned and make a plan to reach your health and fitness goals in 2019. Click on the Contact Us form for more information or use code HERINSPIRED for 20% off at checkout. I can't even begin to tell you how blessed I am feeling and the feedback that I've been getting from you all of you is truly uplifting to me in my life. Today's review is from iTunes from Western Hunter Girl and she says, in the first episode, Courtney talked about how there are so many podcasts already out there and did the world really need one more podcast? Let me tell you that the world needed this podcast. I needed this podcast and I don't even like podcasts. I found myself nodding a log going, mm-hmm, me too, and jotting down some notes. Courtney talks about the things that no one else is. Am I good enough? Does anyone else feel this way? Will I ever feel okay? What is the dialogue I'm having with myself? If you listen to one and only podcast, make it this one. Girl, thank you so much for taking the time to share that and for diving into this because I know that truly if you're hearing my words and they're resonating with you, you're doing things to change your life and to put your future in a different place. So I'm really proud of you and thank you so much for leaving that review. If you haven't already, I really encourage you to get online and leave a review wherever you're listening. I read every single one of them and I appreciate them so much. On today's episode with Shelby Halliday, we get to talk about a whole bunch of different things. We talk about mom life, balancing fitness, going through pregnancy, getting your body back, and finding the purpose that helps you feel really good about living life and refilling your cup. Here we go with another episode of the Her Inspired Journey podcast. And uh, much like most episodes I do, I'm super excited. That probably sounds really corny, but today I have a guest on the show who is somebody that I have looked up to for the last couple years. And this lady is always putting in 100% effort. She's working hard. She's balancing her family. She is a very good role model to her little ones. And I am excited to bring on the show today, Shelby Halliday from Oregon. Absolutely. Hello. Thank you for having me. You bet. Well, let's just dive into who you are for anybody who may not know and just kind of a little bit of the history of of what makes you you yeah so um i'm born and raised here in the grand small town in eastern oregon um i you know i we have like i've mentioned before we are kind of a hub of everything outdoors so we have um you know hunting fishing camping hiking right in our backyard so um, I grew up here, like I said, went on to go to college and was kind of the one girl in my group of friends that stayed home because I didn't really need anything else. Um, never really into this big city thing. And so that's kind of it. I've always been super into anything outdoors, very heavily into sports. Um, I was kind of that, um, little tomboy girl. I grew up with two older brothers and then a couple of years, um, 
on. I had two younger sisters. They were quite a bit younger than me. So I was surrounded by boys most of the time. Um, so I was that kid that was always barefoot and beating the boys to the top of the hill and doing all that. So, uh, yeah, that's kind of basically it. I've always had a pretty competitive mindset just because, like I said, I grew up with the two brothers. So it was always like they were beating up on me. And if I could push a little harder, I could beat up on them a little bit better. And um, the outdoor world kind of started with me, with my dad. They weren't super duper into it. And I was kind of the only kid that was. So it was more so, I heard this in another podcast of yours that it really related to me because it was more so in the beginning, just time with my dad, you know, he would invite everybody to go and the boys weren't interested. So I'd jump in because I mean, he was my, my best friend. So I saw it just as time with him and it was a blast. And then I just eventually grew onto it and um, started to super love it myself. So that's kind of it. Uh, Yeah. Small town gal don't really need much more. So I'm set in my ways and I'm not super duper into change. And so it's, it was just one thing I wanted to do. And I, I thank goodness for it because, um, I went on to meet my husband here. So that's a good decision for me to stay here and do my thing here. So, yeah, for sure. So is your husband from there also? He's actually not. So he's, um, from the West side. He grew up in uh, like Portland Clackamas area and he came here for college and joined the army and we actually met working together when we were college kids oh that's so, awesome yeah yeah we always joke around about our insanely romantic like the first time we met and it was literally just at a gas station down the road so <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. a story that will be passed down I'm sure yeah yeah so it's always funny when people say, oh, well, where'd you meet? And you get to say, oh, gas station. <laughs> exactly. I'm like, I wish I had this big, grand story for you. But um, yeah, that's what it is. So, Well, it's cool, too, that we have a little bit of the same background as far as like getting into hunting, you know. Um, right. Back back then, like, I guess I started hunting like 25 years ago, like as far as going with my dad and 23 years ago with actually carrying my own tags, which makes me sound super old, but I'm just going to say I was like really young, right? When I started. Um, yeah. But back then, I was the only girl, like I was by far the only girl in camp. And even at my school, like, you know, you'd take a little time off of, um, out of school to go and hunt and people would be like, where are you going? I'm like hunting. And they're like, huh? You know, like there was one other girl that I can remember. Her name was Karina Cray and she, she hunted elk. I only hunted mule deer growing up, but she hunted elk. And I was always like, whoa like that's so cool like oh my gosh but she was the only other person that I could relate to as far as hunting goes even though I went to a small school you know in the country it was still like just not really a very common thing did you have that same experience yes I mean yeah to a T so um same thing I was you know I I I, even as a little girl like I, I was never one that like, you know, didn't do things because the girls didn't do it or whatever. I 100%, like, I almost would rather do the things the boys did. And, like, not to be overconfident, but, like, it was just fun to go out and do things that boys did and do it just as well, if not better, you know? So it was, like, it was fun for me to do that. And so same thing, you know, I'm like, well, you guys don't want to do it. Like, I'm going to go. So I'd go with my dad. We'd fish and hunt, whatever. And it wasn't until probably high school that I finally was like, well, you know, maybe I'll – 
you know, same thing, start packing my gun. So I wasn't super young, but I was in my teen, you know, teen years. And, um, it was awesome. I mean, it was like, I shot my first buck when I was a junior in high school. And like, that was a really big deal. And same thing, like everybody in our small school just thought that was so cool. Cause like females didn't really do that. And I, I, I don't know. I just feel like that's really been <clears throat> kind of a driven force is like, I love the fact that you know, I'm strong and capable enough to do things that, like, only guys do or whatever. So, totally relate there, um, for sure. And then, of course, it just got bigger and bigger from there. I always joke around about when I met Cal, my husband. I knew he was into hunting. And it was actually my dad who kind of sought him out at work before I started. You know, this guy works at the gas station. And he's a crazy hunter. And he's in the military. And he had, he had a bear in the back of his truck. He just shot it today. I mean, it was so funny. And he says, you got to meet this guy. And then, of course, I do. And I remember thinking, like, like I'm pretty in the outdoors. I like hunting. I'm, it wasn't my crazy passion at the time. But I remember saying out loud, like, if I don't start hunting more and, like, getting more involved, I'm never going to see this guy because he lives in the mountains. So it's kind of a funny story um, from way back when, nine, ten years ago. And so that's kind of what I did was, you know, I'm like, well, I mean, I literally didn't even know what shed hunting was. I remember we were talking one day and it's like, I'm going to go shed hunting. I'm like, what is that? He's like, (laughs) oh no, are you kidding? So then of course, you know, it like opens up this whole new world and something that I liked and, you know, enjoyed doing became, I mean, it was a passion for us to be able to share together and make memories together and do together. So, um, just opened up my world and it's been the greatest thing because we've had so many big, big memories in the hunting world. So it's been a blast. That's really cool. So I have to ask, yeah. since we're on the the topic of hunting memories, what is like that one hunting moment that is like unforgettable? Like what is your favorite memory with hunting? Well, so a lot of people are going to be caught off guard by this because I do hold the Oregon state record bighorn sheep. However, so that was obviously probably like the biggest thing but I have to be totally honest the thing that really got me down on the ground literally crying was shooting my bull elk with my bow (laughs) um the the ram was of course one thing it was the hardest hunt I've ever worked for in my life made it a true once in a lifetime experience and we can talk about that later too if you want to and dig deeper um but it was the bow and arrow shooting an elk at 23 yards was just hands down the coolest thing I think I've ever done in my life. <laughs> so that's it. I mean, that would be it. That's awesome. Those experiences yeah. like that, that are just like, you can't ever put those into the appropriate words for people to understand the experience, the emotion, you know, just how everything unfolded and how it felt. And it's crazy because, you know, that memory for you could have been yesterday or it could have been 20 years ago and you will never forget it. Like the smells, the feels that what the, you know, the wind was doing, what the, what it all felt like. It's just one of those things that never dissipates and how, I mean, there are a few things in life that are that special, obviously having your kids, meeting your partner, you know, those kind of things. But Outside of that, in my opinion, there isn't anything else that even comes close to matching the emotion of a hunt. Absolutely. Yes. That's really cool. So as you said, you hold the Oregon State record for sheep 
I started feeling like, did you write an article about this in a magazine? Yes, we did. So in 2012, um, yeah, we, my husband and I put together an article and it was um, on the cover of Eastman. So that was probably where you have seen it, I'm sure. That That's totally it. That Oh yeah. my gosh, that's so funny. I didn't even put those two together now that that was you and your story and you on oh, the phone. that's too funny. That's really cool. So yeah, let's, let's talk about that. Explain that that trip and, you know, the elements of that and how that went down. Oh, it's, it's so fun. I was just talking to somebody the other day about it. Um, we, our guys with Sheep Mountain Outfitters just got back from the Big Sheep Show. And so I've been getting a lot of reach outs from people about more details because they actually stopped by. They took my ram. My husband was busy with military stuff the weekend of Sheep Show, so we couldn't make it. So anyways, they took the ram onto the show, and I just had a lot of people reach out and ask about it because it was just, you know, kind of brought back up. Because, um, like I said, it was back in 2012, so, gosh, it feels like forever ago. <laughs> anyways, um, yeah, so uh, 2012 Rewind, I was working at the gas station with my, with my boyfriend at the time, now husband. Um, I'll never forget it. He, we, were, we lived a few blocks away from... Um, the gas station, and he literally ran on his feet to the gas station, swung the doors wide open, and yelled, you just won the lottery, and I'm like, what? He says, you drew the Rocky Mountain Bighorn Shoot Tag, and I'm like, you know, we're pretty fresh in the dating, so of course I'm like, well, I know it's a big deal, but like, I kind of didn't really know it was as big of a deal, right, so fast forward, we start taking it seriously, um, we both at the time, you know, didn't, we knew Bighorn Sheep, but we didn't know them like deer and elk, right? So we just started, you know, packing our bags and heading to the unit. And um, we had uh, somebody re- recommend to us a, a guy that had a cabin on the river. And um, they said, you need to go talk to this guy. He knows everything there is to know about Bighorn Sheep. And so we head on down. And remind you, this was 2012. So, I mean, we were just young college kids. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say that now but you know we didn't have the optics we didn't have the machines we were I mean just typical college kids so it was a really big deal for us we had to just make it work and long story never ending we end up talking to the guy in the cabin and then even more funny he is now one of our business partners with Sheet Mountain Outfitters so has become um, one of our closest friends he was the biggest mentor for us on my Bighorn Sheep tag or Bighorn Sheep Hunt sorry and um so anyways we took it yeah very seriously we scouted every single weekend thursday through sunday i actually had to quit my job because my boss wasn't being cooperative with it and that's how serious we were taking it so um it was a blast it was like i said the hardest hunt that i've ever worked for i was already in very good shape and i lost like 18 pounds on the hunt because it was steep country and like i said we had no machines and um 106 degree weather so i journaled the whole entire hunt i kept track of miles that we drove or put on you know foot and we just started tracking down the rams we had half of them named um it was it was tough but it was very fun we would just had you know to learn the land and learn the animal by ourselves and just kind of take the word for what our mentor dan was feeding to us and you know he would he wouldn't really like spoon feed us. He would tell us, you know, hey, go here. Tell me what you see tomorrow. So we'd go there and tell him what we saw the next day. And 
It's like, okay, yep, good job, good job. And so it was like he didn't want to hold our hand and guide us there. He mm-hmm. really just was helping to teach us, which was amazing. And it just, um, it was, you know, a very lucky deal that I even drew the tag. It was, it's a once-in-a-lifetime thing. And everybody knows this, so I'll say it again. It was my very first time putting it. And that, you know, that tag is a lottery draw. It's a clean slate every year. So you have the same odds every year, no matter how many years you've been putting it. So... I got got a lot of flack for that, but I just remind people, like, it, you know, it is what it is. I, I just got the luck of the draw. So, Mm -hmm. um, but, but, you know, by doing that, we, I took it seriously. I I made it a hunt of a lifetime. I didn't, you know, I didn't cheat my way through it. I worked really darn hard for it. And, uh, a lot of people applaud me for that after I, you know, explain how the hunt went and what we did because, you know, and I'll never forget too. Um, the first time we were at Dan's, we we sat in his cabin, and he was flipping through a couple photos of rams. And um, one of the picture, he said, "Just remember, at the end of the day, this is your tag. You can pick whatever ram you want. Um, you think about what ram you want to look at in your living room for the rest of your life." And I flipped through the photos, and I pointed to a ram with a gal, and I said, "I want I want a ram like that. That's what I want." And he kind of laughed and looked at Cal, and he says, yeah, don't we all, Shelby? And at the point, you know, <laughs> at that point, I didn't really realize what it was, but he says that's the current um, Oregon female state record. And I just, like, my eyes went huge, and I'm like, well, you know, that's what I want. Like, I have always had that kind of personality is, like, you know, and I love the look of her ram. I just said I want, like, I want the biggest in unit. There's no doubt I'm going to work for it, and that's what I want. And we did it. I mean, we we did it. We love explaining people the story of how it went down, that it wasn't easy and wasn't just spoon fed to us, you know. So I remember we had a family trip and it was the beach, but the same weekend was the um, the bighorn sheep, like the convention that all tag holders go to and kind of learn about rams and, you know, exchange photos of what you're seeing that year so far. And people were, we had to leave our family trip just to go to the Dells for this convention and then you know go back and then we drive down to the snake river again and start scouting and it was just a non-stop go at it like i said i had to quit my job because that was most important to me at the time and wasn't worth you know not scouting for and not taking it seriously so super hard work a lot of fun the weekend of the hunt was amazing um i had a whole team of guys and there to help me and it was it just became in such an emotional thing for me i'll never forget opening day you know we had everything lined up we found my ram because backstory we we found the ram that i wanted he renamed him goliath in the beginning of the hunt he was a giant ram we knew he was the biggest and we genuinely wanted and it wasn't just about the biggest ram in the unit it was the most mature the oldest of course like any other hunt we do so we actually lost him for several weeks. We did not see him for a long time. And it was, you know, somewhat scary, but that's just how it goes sometimes. And I'll never forget, you know, a couple weeks before I, my tag opened, there was, of course, the governor tag, the raffle tag holder. So I had two hunters ahead of me that had, you know, like full, they had the whole unit themselves. I couldn't mm-hmm. start hunting yet. And I remember each time, like, when the governor tag killed his ram, I was afraid to open the picture message of what ram it was because I was so afraid he found my ram and he's going to shoot mm-hmm. it. So that was just, you know, an emotional roller coaster up and down leading up to opening weekend. And 
um, we we knew that the ram was still there after both hunters had gone through. And anyways, we found him by the grace of God the night before opening day. So it was just the whole thing was just crazy meant to be. Um, we got on opening day. And, and I have it filmed, too. People can watch this. Um, we had Faith in the Field film it for me. Totally fun experience. Amazing that I can go back and watch it. So if people, you know, are interested, it, it is out there and you can see it. But one thing led to the next, and it didn't work out opening day. Um, we kind of had an idea of where he was, and it just didn't work out. And I remember walking down the mountain at 9 p.m., just getting dark, like crying because I had this whole team of guys that have been here for me, helped me out. And it was just an emotional thing that I feel like I let people down, which was so silly because it was my tag and my hunt. Right. But mm-hmm. that's kind of a, kind of a, a side that I have that maybe is not the best at all times, but anyways, um, next day on Sunday, it, it all worked out. We got up on him and it was perfect. I've never shot an animal straight on into the chest. So that was, pretty wild but um yeah it ended very well and little did we know it was going to be you know we knew he was big but it broke the record and he measured 193 even and I you know we spend a lot of time especially now with the guiding outfitting business we spend a lot of time in the unit most of our time in fact and there are just so many darn tags in that unit now that it's going to be really hard to have a ram even get old enough to get that big again. So I have high hopes that I can keep that record forever, but we'll see what happens. (laughs) Holy smokes, girl. That is insane. (laughs) Oh, thank you. Thank you. I, it's, it's fun to talk about. I love talking about it. I'm very passionate about it. Like I said, one of the messages I got last week was, Hey, just curious. Was it an over the counter tag or private land hunt? And I just like, Oh, it was just like a, pit in my stomach like oh it was not a private land hunt I had no guide I had no optics we literally had to borrow optics from friends because like I said that was years ago and we didn't have that stuff so I just went on and on and basically just explained the story to him that I explained to you and he was like that is amazing I had no clue like you guys worked your tail off you know and it was I'm just very passionate about sharing it because it was the hardest I've ever worked for a hunt and um it was fun and it is i mean it's opened so many doors we've helped tons of people since then for the next couple of years we had people reach out to us and talk about you know the success that we had and you know hey i, I don't know what you can do to help but and for a couple of years people thought we were crazy because we would drop what we were doing and go help people harvest the sheep that they wanted to harvest you know and 100 percent free of cost it was because we loved going back to our home away from home like it was fun to do it and we just loved helping people and that totally sparked my husband's interest for bighorn sheep of course and now like that is his animal he's most passionate about amongst all the others so um yeah i mean it's been kind of the starting point i guess for us and from that it's just been lots of sheep hunts (laughs) isn't it cool to look back on the evolution of how something now that is so prevalent and you're so passionate about it and you're so driven for it how your first experience like if you can look back and really like see how green you were to that and then uh, you know over time just like how much 
education you've gained and experience you've had and you know being able to dive in and help others and just educate them like I think that's so important and it's fun to just really see things come full circle that way you know it's it's not like somebody has to have a long like you don't have to have been raised in the outdoors to to create passion now you know and it's that's one area and kind of like a side note where I feel like you know, women get judged all the time for, oh, you're getting into hunting, huh? Right. You can get into hunting for whatever reason that you want to get into hunting. You don't have to have a dad that raised you out there or, uh, you know, notch tags under your belt, you know, by the time you're 15. You just have to be hungry for getting out there and for putting in the work. And I have a lot of respect for you really for just, you know, for getting that tag and for, going a hundred percent, you know, not everybody might have the opportunity to quit their job and go scout and do all those things, but you did. And you made the most of it. And instead of, you know, I don't have anything against guide hunting, but I was raised as a public land hunter, 100%. To this day, I've only ever hunted public land. Well, that's not true. I've hunted in my backyard once, but, um, outside of that, you just have such a, um, you have an opportunity to really grasp hunting and what it was born to be in my opinion. Right, right, exactly. And that's, I mean, that's truly how I feel. Like I said, our business partner, Dan, that's, he was so cool about it. And it was, I mean, that's what he was trying to do was not just, you know, become this, because he, we, hands down, he is the sheep guy. And we still talk about it to this day. He is, he lives and breathes bighorn sheep and he knows everything there is to know. Like I said, he's been the biggest mentor, not just for me, but mostly my husband. And, it's been great. And it was, you know, he could have just taken us and said, okay, what do you think of this ring or taken us here? He, he didn't do that. You know, it was more so he wanted us to learn. He was teaching us and experiencing it. And, you know, if we, if we saw something we thought was really cool, he would explain to us, you know, ah, you know, take a deeper look here, you know? And so that's, it was, it was a big, big deal, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, we, we've, we've learned from the beginning from him and, you know, we're still learning. <laughs> Nobody knows everything there is to know about animals and the, the details of all that. But, um, yeah, so I, I, I totally agree. It was, it was cool. We didn't, uh, and it wasn't literally a position that I had, you know, I quit my job. People thought that was crazy. And we were straight up poor college kids, barely surviving, but that is just how important it was for us. And it just worked out that my husband's schedule worked out great for us. And, so yeah, we took it very seriously, and I look at that ram every single day, like it's exactly the same day, the same that I did years ago. So pretty darn cool. It's super fulfilling to have something that you invest so much uh, sweat equity in, and have yes. it end up being even better than you could truly imagine. Like yes, you had the goal of you know you picked out the ram, you wanted it to be that age class, and. And you put in the work, you put in the miles and you put in the effort and it paid off for you, you know, like, right, right. I'll, I'll never forget looking up on the mountain the weekend before my tag opened. And I saw this like insanely shiny, it looked like an Escalade almost. It was, and you know, I'm not knocking people that have all the money in the world that can do it, but it was like this, this hunter that had governor tag, he had people on every single ridge every single draw would come up there was another guy right there like I remember thinking like that is so crazy it was so beyond me and the amount of money and people involved and 
you know, he he walked up third and shot his ram that day. And 100%, that is okay. Everybody does things, you know, different ways. But I just love the fact that, like, my story means, you know, so much to me still, you know, compared to what, you know, it could just be a one-day thing, you know. So, yeah, very, very passionate about that. You so. earned it. That's for sure. You right. definitely earned it. And, you know, that's a being able to share that story has, you know, so much appeal because that is a work ethic that you get to share with your children and to your peers and to your family. And, you know, it's, it's something where I listen to that story and I'm personally so much more driven to never be afraid to put in the hard effort and to make the hard decisions and to choose, you know, working for it as my only option. Like it's, that's super important, but I have to ask you, like, obviously what I know nothing about hunting sheep, like zero. I know that I've seen him a couple of times when I drive, uh, over to go to Eastern Oregon, we'll see him occasionally. And I'm like, wow, like they're so much yeah. different than I envisioned them to be. But I can only imagine from the outside that that takes a pretty high level of physical fitness to be able to get to those places and to be prepared for that. Absolutely. It is. Um, they are the most, like I still call them, they're just ma- like majestic. I have bighorn sheep are just majestic to me. They're beautiful animals um they live in crazy steep country and um yeah so i mean thinking back like you said i remember like it was yesterday i remember looking up the mountain like we have to get to that spot to glass over to where the rams are going to be and um it was such crazy temperatures where we were at that we would have to get up before dark and hike to our spot before dark so we could glass for a couple hours if that because Within, you know, the mid-morning, it was too hot, and you couldn't even see with the heat waves. And we then we hike back down, and we usually have lunch and sit in the river for a couple hours and go back up to the evening hunt. So, um, yeah, it was um, one. I remember one of our easiest hikes to get to still took us, like, two hours straight just climbing up, like, straight up. And it was hot, exhausting. Like I said, I was already in really good shape, no doubt, but... Um, I still lost weight because it was just so, so much work. So yeah, crazy country. And like, we didn't have the machines that everybody else around us, I feel like had. So it was, if we wanted to get somewhere by foot. And so it was, it was tough. You can only do so much glassing from down below and, you know, we drive the top and then try and hunt from the top and whatever, but a lot of time spent on our feet. Um, so steep country yeah very majestic animals that do crazy things and crazy places i mean it's it's hard to even explain so so did you do something like outside of i'm assuming you were training or you were in sports or you were you know obviously doing something to to keep yourself in good shape but did you ramp up your training or do anything differently specifically for this hunt i did not actually so um yeah, I was super into sports as, you know, a kid and then into high school years. And then, so I was in college in 2012 and my husband and I, boyfriend at the time, um, we decided CrossFit. So that was what we were doing. And that's our sport of choice to the day. And, um, I still swear by it. CrossFit trains you for so many things. It's not just weightlifting. It's not just cardio. I feel like it trains you in all directions. So that's kind of my only saving grace that I could say was I was in pretty good shape because of that. Um, 
the only thing I really did to prep for the hunt because I, I mean, we didn't even know that it was going to be what it was. Um, I got a new pair of Kentrick boots and I remember wearing them for a couple weeks before we started scouting and trying to break them in. And I went through so many blisters to try and get those suckers ready. So that was kind of all my, my preparation was just getting my feet ready. You know, I knew it was going to be hard, but to the extreme of what it was, I had no clue. So it was just, um, going out of day by day that's pretty cool like (laughs) you just truly were like okay I'm gonna absorb this I'm gonna just soak it up and have this experience and go into it without you know a whole lot of um you know knowledge if you will of exactly what you were going to experience so I can only imagine that that you walked away from that just like jaw dropped like what just happened yeah absolutely pretty cool so you have a couple kids yeah, we have two daughters. Yeah, Canyon is three and a half, and Ember just turned one. Okay, so I have to know, having babies, right, is this, it's this beautiful thing. It is probably, I mean, not probably, it was the best experience for me. I loved being pregnant. I love having my kids. But you and I talked a little bit earlier that I think that pregnancy and having a baby, without a doubt, can throw things totally crazy your hormones get funky you know it's harder to manage time you know sometimes through pregnancy women can feel awful so I feel like this can be a really easy time for women to fall off course with their own health with their own goals with their fitness and um you know then even after the pregnancy now you have a newborn baby and you're not sleeping very much and you know you're 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 kind of burning the candles at both ends if you will so how did you find like able to stay in balance, you know, going through your pregnancy, keeping sight of what your goals were, and then like being to the place that you are now, like super fit, super driven, you know, and obviously maintaining a high level of fitness. How does that all kind of look for you? Yeah. So from the beginning, um, my pregnancies have been amazing. Um, hands down, there's been no issues. I never battled anything like morning sickness, never had any pains, nothing like that. And so kind of similar to you, obviously, like I had girlfriends that were like, you are so lucky. This has been the worst 10 months or nine, nine, 10 months of my life. And I just look at them like how in the world. So I just, am that person that just thinks pregnancy is the most amazing thing. Um, start to finish. I have always just thought pregnant women were beautiful. And now that I've experienced it twice myself, it's obviously even more amazing. So I had a very good pregnancy both rounds. I mean, the biggest complaint that I had was I was so exhausted, but that's everybody goes that right. You were just tired. My husband Jack er, uh, laughs all the time about how I was narcoleptic because I would just <laughs> sleep all the time. So with my first pregnancy with Canyon, I was um, at the time a, a trainer and a coach at the CrossFit gym. And so, you know, I did CrossFit very heavily before pregnancy. I continued doing CrossFit through my entire pregnancy, I actually did my last workout on a Friday and then I had my daughter on Sunday. So it was like, I never stopped. Of course I talked to my doctor. I got everything okay by her first. And, um, I scaled down as far as percentages of like one rep maxes. And, you know, I obviously couldn't do burpees because I had this belly. So I, it changed, but I still every day did my workout. And like I said, I was coaching. So I would work out, coach, come home, sleep, go back to the gym, you know, coach again, maybe work out again. So that whole first pregnancy was like perfect. Couldn't, couldn't complain about it all. 
had my daughter naturally two weeks later ready to go back to the gym I mean it was like like textbook probably too good of an experience for me Mm -hmm. so that was great and then um fast forward to ember my second pregnancy still felt really good I I did workouts but I was just I had I feel like maybe a little bit she was a lower carrying baby so um I had you know pains and aches and I actually ended up taking off seven months between like the couple last like the last couple months of my pregnancy and then I took off about three months four months after I had her because it was not necessarily an emergency deal but kind of and so I had to have a cesarean so that totally offset all of my hopes and dreams to get back into the gym Mm -hmm. um crazy crazy experience so that was kind of um in a nutshell how the two pregnancies went um but then you know with with canyon it was you can you know motivation is one thing but like you said women go through so much from the start carrying a child for nine ten months and then yeah you're trying to figure it all out you're trying to you know you're balancing becoming a parent for the first time you're you know, trying to keep your own passions in life, trying to be a good wife, you know, housekeeper, all of the above. So it just kind of turns into a lot at one time. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, I mean, I, I would say it was pretty smooth. It, it felt good. It felt natural. Thing was good. Um, and you probably can say the same thing. Going from one kid to two, holy smokes, that was totally a game changer. <laughs> yeah. Just a big, big difference. And like I said, um, I had a cesarean with my second daughter, and so I, it was a rougher go getting back to gym, back to my body, back to me, because it was just, and I had her in the winter time. I, I really honestly battled some some postpartum blues, which I never really believed in. You know, I, I did, I thought that was just a crazy thing, because with Canyon, it was not like that, but um, I did really really bad battle that with my second and it was like I said winter time so I couldn't get outside I was stuck at home it was always dark so it was um you know, rougher go but you know having a baby and enduring all of those things and like you said it's so easy to give in you know when you're pregnant you have these cravings which my, my personal opinion still is that if I was craving something like cereal Mm-hmm. I it was just me wanting cereal like it wasn't just because I was pregnant like I never really had crazy cravings and there was a lot of times that you know I wanted to do this oh because I'm pregnant but more of me knew it was going to be hard to get back to where I want to be mm-hmm. if I would give in so I still just look at that as and I'm not saying you know that you know the, the women that let themselves go or gain a lot of weight I'm not saying that's wrong um, you know, I've, I've seen it a lot of my closest girlfriends, but it, it's all about like, you know, what you want to get back to when you're done. And that's just my personal opinion and how I kind of tackled, you know, the whole pregnancies in general. Like, I think I gained like 19 with Canyon, about 24 with Ember. So it was like, you know, an average amount, no big deal. But I just knew that I did not want to be that lady that said, you know, oh, well, I had kids. Like, I didn't want that. I'm too, too passionate about my body and how I look. And so as far as, you know, motivation now, getting back to me now after babies, it's, I don't know. I, it's, it's very humbling, but it's very cool. Like, I love the fact 
that I can say, like, I had two kids, I've got two kids at home, and I'm still working towards, you know, where I want to be and how I want to look. Um, it's very, very honest when, you know, people say, how how do you do it? Like, how, you know, how do you make it work? And how? Why? And my first answer is always, like I said, very raw, very honest. I like to look good naked. Like, at the end of the day, that's what it's about for me, you know? Um, always been a big competitor. I love that I can still do that in CrossFit and still compete and still, you know, show those colors on the stage. But I also just, I do it for me. I want my kids to see a healthy lifestyle. I, that's about it. So, um, you know, it's not easy. It's not easy at all fitting in a training schedule, even one hour a day. Like I know what people meant when they said, Oh, wait, so you have kids, it Mm -hmm. gets harder. And like, I get it. Like, my husband and I now have to work out at separate times because we have kiddos at home. And, you know, we can't do what we used to do, but we make it work. And, um, you know, whether we bring the kids to the gym or have somebody watch them or take turns, it's still not easy. So I just, you know, if you're passionate enough about something, whether it be how you look or how you perform, and, you know, it's, it's not just about how I look. We train for you know, being in the mountains, we, we want to be able to perform elsewhere at our, you know, best level. So, um, uh, I just can't say enough that it's not, it doesn't, it's not any easier for me than it is for any other mom. You know, I got a lot of people, especially my first pregnancy, like, oh, you know, she's just lucky because she works in the gym and she can make it work. And, you know, of course she can still work out every day during her pregnancy because she works at a gym. I got a lot of people that said that and it hurt my feelings because, and even more so now I can kind of laugh about it because I don't work in the gym. I'm a mom of two kids. I work a part-time job and I still make it work. I still get to the gym. So it's hard. And it's, you know, some days it's like, I get to the gym. It's like, Oh my gosh, that was so much work just to get here. Mm -hmm. And now I'm here, you know, and it's like, so it's that's just kind of kind of how it goes it's it's I have people that motivate me my husband motivates me girls in the gym motivate me I think motivation really just comes down to discipline you know it's motivation can be only so much for you know so much time and then at some point it's not super sustainable so eventually discipline just becomes like a habit and if you know if you that's what you want you're going to make it happen, you know? So. Amen to that. Absolutely. I think that's right on. Motivation is discipline. It's, it's learning. It's learning to be able to get uncomfortable, to stay true to what you said you wanted. And I think a lot of times people will set goals and they have this idea of where they want to be, what they want to look like, what they want to achieve. And then this uh, resistance comes and it stands in the way and it forces you to get uncomfortable to continue on that path. And a lot of times what happens is that we get to that place of resistance and we're like, meh, I'm just going to turn around or I'm just going to go this other way because rather than really working for it and putting in the effort, it would be much easier just to improvise right now. Absolutely. You know, so staying hungry for it when things get hard is one of the hardest things to do, but it comes from having that discipline. Mm-hmm. And yeah. you, you brought up another point too about talking about like when you would have a craving or if you did, not that you experienced many, you would kind of just chalk it up to that's just a craving that I would want anyways. Yeah. And, you know, I think that women should honor their body and their desires while they're pregnant all the time, but especially while you're pregnant. But I also think it's really 
good to keep the perspective that it's not a good time to just have a free for all and just to do anything that you want, because yeah, that end game is you're going to be yourself again. You're not going to be sharing your body with a, you know, a baby. And, um, you know, I think it's really important that instead of looking at as an opportunity to find excuses that you use it as an opportunity to be your healthiest self mentally, physically, you know, and all those different aspects. And again, we are not saying, you know, don't, you're doing it the wrong way. That is not what we're saying. We're just talking oh, about, absolutely. you know, the, the way that we envision, you know, it to be the best and what's worked for us. Um, but I know also with you, from the outside looking in, women may think, well, isn't she lucky or aren't they lucky they had such easy pregnancies and they got right back to it and they were both physically fit. But regardless of where our goals were and where our actions were, there's always hurdles in the way as far as sleep deprivation and, you know, adjusting to having two babies as opposed to one and really kind of learning to take time for yourself without experiencing that mom guilt. So what would you say, you know, if you were talking to a friend or, you know, some, a, a woman in the gym that was battling to find that balance between, regaining her independence as a woman and then balancing out the piece of being a mom and working and, you know, being a wife and doing all those things like where, what would your encouragement be for her in finding herself again? Well, and this hits hard, you know, close to home for me because I mean, I swear up and down to it. Like I, you know, there was a time point where I literally did feel like I lost myself and I would cry to my husband because, you know, I used to be able to know my niche and you know, like know what I was passionate about. But at one point I was like, I just feel like I'm just a mom now. I've let everything go. I, you know, I had this, I had this big grand plan of what I wanted to do when the girls, you know, are grown up and I can, you know, go back and go back to school or finish something up that I want to do as a career. And I just like, I would sit there and look at him and I wouldn't even know, like I wouldn't have an answer. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, this is just the craziest thing. So, um, my biggest thing is that as a mom, it consumes you, but you have to always keep at least one thing. Like, I don't care what it is. If you want to write or you want to run or you want to work out, whatever it is, you have to keep one thing that you are passionate about that makes you, you. So, and that's what the gym is for me. Right. So I know at the end of the day, if I'm not going to make it to the gym, not work on a run, whatever, maybe something active. If I don't make that happen, I, I just look at it as that is my one hour of me time, you know, away from the kids, away from the job, away from, you know, the wifely duties, whatever it may be. So that's, that's probably my biggest thing is to, to keep that one thing that keeps you, you, you know, you're passionate about. Um, I, I just thought, you know, after the, after the pregnancy with Ember that, um, you know, I couldn't go to the gym. It was physically impossible. I had just got my entire core ripped open basically. I remember thinking, I'm never going to make it back from the gym because at that point I was in so much pain. I just never thought even a sit up would be doable. And I, you know, if you're not for me personally, if I'm not confident at the end of the day, that makes and breaks a lot of things. You know, you, you have to maintain life when you become a mom, you have to be a good wife. You have to, you know, keep the house nice. That is just your job. And 
at the end of the day, if you are not confident enough to do that things, it will affect everything. So, and this is just totally raw, open and honest, you know, kids affect your life in every direction. And it's a, it's a very hard thing, um, on a marriage and it may not be for everybody, but you know, we have, we've seen battles that we've never seen before just, you know, because life is different. And Mm -hmm. if I don't have that one hour in the day to be me, to, you know, keep myself active in the mountains to keep myself looking the way I want to look. If my confidence isn't there, like that to me personally, is just no fun. Like you have to have something that keeps you true to yourself and happy about who you are and what you do. So I think that's fantastic advice. And it's so, so true. I mean, I've had the same experience. If I'm not hungry for something, if I'm not you know, working to achieve a goal, it's so easy to just get complacent and, and, you know, like that ball quits rolling and all of a sudden you find yourself going like, I don't feel good. You know, I'm not, I'm not giving love to my family in the way that I should. I'm not the coach that I should be. I'm not the friend or the daughter that I should be because your cup isn't getting filled. And it's crazy because so many women and parents feel like, man, I've already been away for, you know, so-and-so hours in the, in the day or the week. And, you know, making time for me just seems so selfish, but I'm telling you what, it's more selfish to not refill your cup so that you can give more freely than to just take that 30 minutes or that hour or 20 minutes, whatever it is and invest in yourself. Right. And you, and the whole mom guilt and I totally, you know, I totally get it and I've been there, but going through the ups and downs and trials that I have personally, um, you know, that the mom guilt, it's, it's just not there anymore because, and it, and it you know, it, it was, I, I totally hear you there, but as far as, you know, that one hour, it's like being a mom consumes you. Like I said, from, from the time you wake up until the time you go to bed, or maybe you don't even go to bed because your kids, you know, it's just, it's, I, I hear you there, and I talk to my girlfriends a lot about this that have kids, and, you know, I don't work a full-time job. I'm home, you know, most of the day except for a couple hours, so, and it's maybe different because I, you know, have that different lifestyle or a different schedule than other people do, so, like, I get it when, you know, moms say, you know, I work eight to five, and then, you know, kids at daycare all day, and I just, I can't, you know, I can't justify that, which, like I said, I totally get where they're coming from, and so, but there are ways that you can make it work better maybe you work out at home with the baby you know in front of the baby or whatever it may be mm-hmm. you know the mom guilt is a real thing and I have felt it and you just have to learn that you know that 20 minutes in a day in their whole life is it's okay you know you have to find yourself and get back to yourself so you can be a better person for them a better mom a better wife a better everything because if you let motherhood consume you and that be the only thing you do you know, if we always, my husband, I swear by, if the foundation between him and I is not good, the rest of the family is not going to be good. So we've just sworn by that, that we are very good about making sure the two of us are happy and in return, the family's happy. So. Yeah, for sure. And that, you know, that, that comes up in a balance between making sure that his needs are met, like that he gets time for himself and he gets to enjoy, right. you know, doing yep. things and vice versa and working as a team in that way. And you're right, it, it all trickles down to, to reigning happiness and reigning feel good over mm-hmm. everything else, right? Yep. So, yep. yeah, that's a, that's a really pivotal piece, um, you know, and I think finding overall balance is finding that thing that makes you happy. It doesn't even have to be 
a, a fitness outlet per se, getting right. outside, going hunting, going for a walk in the outdoors, going birding, you know, anything yeah. to just yeah. get you out and, you know, that you're passionate about and enjoy will help you stay focused and stay present and be better at giving who you are to those that you love. Yep. Yep. Exactly. You're being pulled in so many directions as a mom, I feel like. And, um, and I'm hundred percent not saying my life is unicorns and rainbows, right? Like it's busy days and times that it's just like, this is more exhausting than anything to make this work, but we still make it work because it's at the end of the day, like our passion, right? So yeah, definitely. Kind of where it is, you know, my husband and I both can agree that we CrossFit's a big. We love being competitors, and we love, you know, doing the workouts and making our bodies change in crazy ways with crazy time. But at the end of the day, you know, it's truly down to the core that we just love to be able to perform in the mountains uh, more so him than me because he has more time in the mountains than I do now with the kiddos. But um, you know, it's if we can perform and hike to the top of the mountain and have no problem with it and help pack people's animals out. That's, I mean, that's what it's all about is just being active in all of the different directions you choose to go. So fitness does play such a huge role in a successful and an enjoyable hunt. And okay. obviously there's so many different ways to go about hunting and, and specifically depending on what style of hunting you do. But I'll tell you what, it makes such a difference in the overall outcome. And, you know, a lot of people think, well, oh, I'm in de- I'm in good enough shape to make it happen. But when you're going like past day three and you're working for it, you know, that that moderate amount of fitness isn't going to carry over to you enjoying the time that you spend out there. Right. Right. Exactly. I, I couldn't agree more. I'll never forget um, last year. Well, I guess it was two years ago. I was pregnant with Ember. No, it was just last year. So last September I was like eight, you know, seven, eight months pregnant and it was insanely hot outside and I was carrying my bow and a couple of times Cal kept looking over me. He's like, yeah, that's where I want to go, but I do, I don't want to push you. You know, you're, I looked up at him. I'm like, please don't bend the rules just because I'm pregnant. Like I, you know, I, like I, I still want to carry on the fact that I wasn't good enough shape that I didn't want to let any excuse stop me. Mm-hmm. So and it's not, you know, not to toot my own horn, you know, I just, I love to be able to, since day one, I've been keeping up with the guys, and that's, that's fun, it's really fun to be able to do that, you know, I, I'll show up to camp, and people will 100% judge the book by the cover, which is okay, but look at me like, okay, here we go, how's this gonna be, you know, and then the hunt starts, and it's like, holy smokes, like, okay, like, she means it, so that, that to me is, is big, because I can, keep up and do the same hunts and do the same things that you know all of our all of our buddies are doing so yeah and that's something that you should be proud of so not tooting your own horn you are you know you're not out there talking about it you're out there doing it and you're out there putting in the effort and you know getting to show them like I'm not just sitting here telling you that I'm gonna kick your ass on the mountain I'm just gonna do it you know I'm just gonna go for it and like just like with your sheep hunt you worked for that opportunity. You worked for the, that honor and that privilege and the pride to be able to do that. So I think, you know, outside of, uh, you know, standing on a mountaintop and, and talking about how good you are, you have all the right to to have that great feeling and to, to be, you know, proud of those things. So I just think you're doing an awesome job. I could probably sit here and talk to you the entire day about hunting and fitness and the balance of life and all of those things. 
But um, I know that that listeners are going to want to learn more about you. I know they're going to want to go and read about the sheep hunt. So we'll definitely link all to, you know, all of those things in the show notes. But if somebody wants to just reach out to you on social media or get a hold of you, where is the best best place to find you? Um, yeah, I, I just use Facebook and Instagram. And I my name is the same on both. It's Shelby Lynn Halliday on Facebook and then Shelby Lynn, I believe it's underscore Halliday on Instagram. So, um, I get, you know, I get that a lot. I have people all the time like, Hey, I hope this isn't too much, but you know, I'm thinking about counting my macros or thinking about joining CrossFit or, Hey, how did you get started with, you know, hunting or whatever. And I, I tell people the same thing every time. I love helping people. I love answering questions. If you have any question, maybe silly or serious, ask me like I'm an open book and, you know, I feel like I'm very genuine and honest and authentic and I will share my true opinion and help anybody out that wants help or wants to, you know, better, better themselves in any way or whatever that may be. Well, so. I love that you're doing that and you're opening yourself up and that you are that real, authentic, inspiring woman that, you know, is there to, you know, not just share that, but to also be a part of the tribe with other women. So I definitely uh, recommend reaching out, asking those questions you know, I think a lot of times we'll think of things or we'll be like, oh, I wish, you know, I could chat with them about, you know, whatever. And then we just don't take that leap. But I definitely suggest doing it because, you know, this is this community of women as hunters now as outdoorsmen is important. Right. And we need to learn to stand together and, um, you know, just be there for one another, celebrate together and enjoy life 100%. So Shelby, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate your time and uh, really excited for this episode to come out and to share your story about that sheep hunt because holy crap, how awesome. (laughs) Thank you so much. I've had an awesome time and can't wait to hear it. (laughs) Thank you again. You bet. Well, ladies, that does it for this show for today. I hope that you found some inspiration some good advice and definitely some encouragement to take with you on the rest of your week. I'm already looking forward to coming back next week and giving you some more insight, some inspiration, and some tips on how to navigate your best life. Please be sure to hit the subscribe button and leave a review. Your feedback is so important to me. I would love to know the questions that you have, any topics or ideas, and your feedback. You are so valuable to me, and I really appreciate you taking the time to leave the review and subscribe to the show. See you next week on Her Inspired Journey.